Welcome to Solve This Murder. I'm your detective, Bill. And I'm your crime scene criminal and witnesses, Danny. We're on part two of The Murder on the Links. In part one, we discovered the murder of Mr. P.T. Renault, stabbed in the back and thrown into an open grave. Mr. Renault sent us a letter before we embarked, indicating that he might have some shady dealings in Santiago come back to haunt him. We also found out he's had ongoing interactions with a Madame Dubreuil, but was also visited last night by a young mystery woman. Okay, so, as I said, a week ago, I have two things I want to do. <laughs> Check out a body and find out about who this mystery woman is. Mm. And I suppose at any point the wife may wake up from her slumber and, I, and I'll talk to her as well. But for now, I've got I to gotta follow my nose wherever it goes and it smells corpses. <laughs> All right, great. You go up to Police Inspector Bex and ask if he can show you the way because he has the key to the shed out in the back where the body is being stored. Wait, they've been. I thought I was going to travel to a morgue. They've just put it in a shed. Yeah, I don't know how good this shed is. I didn't really get a good answer to this. I'm guessing that they just held off on calling the ambulances until they were done doing their own checks. Again, you did arrive on the scene pretty early into this investigation. That is true. Well, I arrived. They found the body an hour before I got there pretty Something much. Something like that, yeah. Okay, never mind. Um, Even so. Even right. so. You go up to Bex and you ask, hey, did you get anything out of those servants? Actually, I did. I don't know how much I can use the police in this investigation, but I wonder if you could follow up on something. Please, we'll do a little bit. I'm looking for a woman, English, I would say. I know that's not that uncommon in this area. Young, dark hair. I think she wasn't blonde, was she? No, no. Yeah, dark hair. Who may have visited the manor last night? I've decided to call it a manor. I should probably call it a villa, but I've stuck on manor out of a sense of British pride, for I am Hastings. <laughs> Mr. Bex lights up a little bit and says, you know what, this makes perfect sense. She's a mafia hitman. We found something in his coat when we did a cursory examination. Oh. It's still in there. Uh, when I take it to you, I'll show you oh, that right now. Oh, it will still be there. Okay, I was going to say, don't you steal evidence from me. No, no, yeah, all good. Uh, incidentally, he starts to lead you through and he goes, oh, actually, you know what? Just because we might not get another good chance, you can also look at uh, Mr. Reno's study where he was last night. Oh, yeah, I didn't think about going to the study or going <laughs> to the bedroom. No, I probably should have. You know, there's probably physical evidence at these scenes. <laughs> You think I should do this before I head to the body? It's on the way. Okay. It's right next to the front door. The, you know where you can see <laughs> that front door? Everything's in eyesight of that front door. Okay, I'd like to check the study then. So very quickly, you just do a quick look at the study. It's already been dusted this morning because Francoise was very good at her job. At least mostly good at her job. You know, still, you know what? You don't notice. Poirot notices. The rug is a little bit crooked. But that's all right. So Bex is looking through the drawers and things. And you, where do you decide to look? Under the rug? You look under the rug and there is a small scrap of paper under there. Just a tiny corner. Early Agatha Christie's love to drop you little physical clues. And Poirot just tuts and goes, even in France, the housekeepers are lazy enough to not actually clean under the rugs. That's because they're rugs, Poirot. You don't need to clean under them because they're there, keeping that space underneath themselves. What does a piece of paper say? You can tell it is a small ripped portion of a check. And it's written, you can only see one word. It's in Mr. Renault's handwriting. And it says Duveen. D-U-V-E-E-N. That's nothing. Duveen. Indeed. Probably a name. No, it's not a name. It's okay. nothing. It's gibberish. 
Well, while you're agreeing that it's gibberish, Bex has pulled open a drawer and he goes, whoo, 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 jackpot. What have, what have you found? Bex? I found a will. A will? A will. A so will. good at this. But you know what? We, you're our guests here. Why don't you look at it? Can I have a look at the will? What does the will good say? Good thing that you know you're fluent French. So you open it up, you take a look. Okay, it's got pounds. He he does do a lot of his money in English, uh, in English apparently. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so... Okay, he's left £1,000 to his secretary in England, Mr. Stoner, and everything else to his wife. I'm assuming everything else is a lot more than £1,000. You never know in 1920. Yeah. Okay, so his wife has inherited everything. Yep. God, if you were going to murder someone, you could so... Like, okay, let's just... I'm not saying this to the police officer. Don't let him judge me. If you were going to murder someone for the money, the capacity to be like, come to the garden, dear... Stab him in the back, because he trusts you, you're his wife, knock him into the hole, run upstairs, put on a ball gag, throw the room into disarray, and then when people ungag you, just be like, two masked men who you'll never find did this to me. She's top of my suspect list right away, because that is such an easy mechanism, such an obvious motive of the money going to the wife and the possible affair. If I think about this not expecting a twist, which I'm sure will I am expecting a twist. Maybe his secret was just that he was having an affair and he knew his wife would murder him. But I've solved it already, so this is part two of two, but let's move on. <laughs> you also notice, hey, there's something else, perhaps a little interesting about this will. Like nothing that you've said so far has been strange. No, well, no. All to the wife and the stipend to the secretary. I don't know who the normal. secretary is, but maybe when he, maybe but he's probably over in Canada or something. Yeah, uh, we, we've already managed to get in contact with him. In fact, he's on his way over now that he's heard. Oh, he was quite okay. distressed to hear it. Uh, but he largely works in England. He only comes here like one weekend a month to do work. Oh, so he's on his way from England. Yes, yes. Not from like the town centre where he was like, let me just dispose of this <laughs> knife. I mean. No, not so much. He is typically okay. based in England and sure. in charge of the English work. All right. But yeah, do you notice the one odd thing about this, Will? It's in pounds? No. He doesn't specify the name of his wife. (gasps) He's a bigamist. No. no. He just says, my wife. And he's got eight wives. I didn't word anything to you. Uh, No, what's odd about this will? It's the date on that thing. Well, no, you never told me the date. I was hoping that you might inquire. What was the date? Two weeks ago. Ooh. Do we have any old copies of his will? You look around a little further, don't find anything. Oh, that could be interesting. But presumably there would have been one. Yeah, maybe the secretary will know. He just changed his will. Maybe he took his son out of the will. Because you'd probably have a son in a will. Maybe he took his son out and sent him away. Has he been gone for like two weeks? Jack's been away for two weeks. In my notes, the blind old deaf lady (laughs) Francoise said Jack was away for two weeks. This will is two weeks old. Maybe Jack did something terrible. I've got to find out more about what's going on with Jack. Mm. There's a connection there, the timeline. Okay. And that's all you find in here. Continue on to the shed. I've got some, I've got a piece of paper that just says the word motives on it. And I'll just tuck that away. It's called okay. the, it I says, keep it. It says Devine. Oh, sorry. It says Devine on it. Yeah. That looks like Devine was the uh, addressee of the check. You couldn't quite tell, really tell. Based on the fact that it's in Mr. Renault's handwriting, you assume that's the case. Okay. Well. With that out of the way, to the body. You head out to the shed. 
Bex takes a big old key out of his pocket, opens it up for you. Says, just ask anytime if you need to see it again for some reason. No, nah, I'm going to get 100%. I'll be here. Don't worry about it. I'm going to find every clue. <laughs> the body is lying on the metal table that's at the center of this shed. Pretty much what you'd sort of expect. He's a man about 50 years old, dark hair with a lot of gray in it, medium height, kind of lithe, very tanned because... He's got a bit of a history of living in warm tropical areas. Big knife wound in his back? Yeah, flip him over to his back. And yeah, so through his coat, he's wearing a nice fancy fawn-coloured coat. And you can already see the blood stain around it. Pretty substantial. They have taken the knife out at this stage, but over to the side, they have a little separate table and they've put it in a glass box. They say, here it is. What is this knife like? Is it what? I gotta know. I gotta know what type of a knife. You can always tell a murderer by the type of knife they use. It's a peculiar thing. It is not made like a normal knife. If anything, you would probably say it's more like a paper knife. It's very long, like 10 inches long, very sharp. And yeah, it's made out of some unusual material that a knife wouldn't typically be made of. But oh boy, pointy. And Beck says, obviously, no fingerprints. Now, when you say a paper knife, Mm. do you mean like a letter opener? I believe that's what they mean. They kept calling it a paper knife, but I can only assume. They also said, oh, yeah, it was only 10 inches long, but very sharp. 10 inches sounds huge to me. I'm just trying to get my hands to about 10 inches. That's it's like, like 25 centimetres. With a handle. Oh, okay, with a handle. Yeah, I think that's, that's, that's still a fairly hefty knife. Yeah, that's a, that's a knife. And it does have some blood around the tip. Decent amount of blood. And so, okay, so what I know, what I know about this from, from the knife, from the knife, what I know about the knife from looking at it is it's long, it's sharp, it's possibly a letter opener or a paper knife, and it's an odd material. Yeah. What, what, what does that mean? Like, it's not, so it's not a steel knife. Is it a metal knife? You, this is You a, may not know. Yeah, this is a point where I have, I know, based on the chapters, what this knife is made of. I am having a great deal of trouble visualising what this is. Okay. Do, would, but would Hastings know by looking at it, or is it like a later discovery? It's definitely a thing that gets told to them later. Okay, so let's assume I can't identify it. Yeah. It's something weird. It's definitely a little weird. It's a bit odd, but I don't know exactly how. Oh, man, how funny. I'll have to find a knife expert. Now, they said there was something in his coat. Oh, yes, of course. Can I look you in his You go back pockets? over, you do some unbutton. Oh, that's okay. A little weird. Mm-hmm. Okay, a couple of things that you notice are a little weird. One, his coat is a little long. It, you know, just being right down to the ankles like that, it's not quite the fashion right now. You'd expect it to be a little closer to the knee than that. It's just what's in in France right now. You spent a lot of time in France recently. You know these things. Oh, yeah, Hastings. Mm. Bon, 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 fashionable man. But the weirder part still is the next big fashion faux pas that he has made. Underneath this coat, he's just wearing his underwear. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, a little odd. Now, I'm assuming it's 1920 that underwear consists of a full body suit. <laughs> they were unclear on that He's point. wearing his sleeping suit. <laughs> but finally, you find the correct pocket and you find, indeed, something inside. Now, before you tell me what this is, mm-hmm. I'd like to say to the audience at home, if you see a man, it's the middle of the night, he goes outside, he's wearing nothing but the coat and his underpants, to me... 
that is an indication that it was like a rushed, sudden thing. Like it was a wakes up in the middle of the night, goes, what the hell is happening out there? Runs downstairs. He gets to the top of the stairs. He can see the front door. (laughs) (laughs) He gets down there, puts his coat on, like from the coat rack, and goes out into the cold. He's not getting, like, he was not out and got murdered while he was out. Something happened and he rushed out of the house to deal with it, only throwing a coat on so he wasn't naked. That's the impression I get from the current situation. And we should all bank that in our collective heads. And when you're writing a little thing from home, trying to put in your query and your theory, you should remember this. He seems like he rushed outside. Okay, what do I find in his coat pocket? You look like you're handing me something. You find a note. I love Worn, notes. Worn, crumpled, and a bit of a rushed handwriting. I should add some notes to the mystery I'm writing for you. They're fun. It's fun <laughs> to read a note. Ooh, this is a note. My dearest one, why have you not written for so long? You do love me still, don't you? Your letters lately have been so different, cold and strange. And now this long silence, it makes me afraid. If you were to stop loving me, but that's impossible. What a silly kid I am, always imagining things. But if you did stop loving me, I don't know what I should do. Kill myself, perhaps. I couldn't live without you. Sometimes I fancy another woman is coming between us. Let her look out, that's all. And you too. I'd as soon kill you as let her have you. I mean it! But here, I'm writing high-flown nonsense. You love me, and I love, yes, love you. Love you. Love you. Your own adoring Bella. What a creep. What a creep Bella is. Mm. What a freak. Okay. Okay, 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 hold on, hold on. So so, so this is why Bex was like, oh, you mentioned a young woman, that makes sense, because that may have been Bella, the creepy freak. She's a creepy freak, I've just got to say. Um, note, okay, I've got to make a note of my note. note. You're just going to write the words creepy freak, and then um, we're going to take a break, you're going to come back freak. and have no idea what was going on. I love you. Oh no, I love you, creepy freak. I'll kill you. This is a weird song. Love Bella. Alright, I think that's pretty I think I've got the gist of that one. Stan, part two. <laughs> Dear Mr. P.T. Reno, this will be the last letter I ever send, yo. <laughs> Doesn't work. Um there's a reason he chose the name Slim Shady. <laughs> Does that's not even when he says that. Okay. Um so he got a creepy, creepy note. Is there anything else I notice while I'm looking at this body? He, do, are his shoes full of gold? Does he have a tattoo of an earwig on his left pectoral muscle? Uh, is, his, is his beard only half grown and half shaved? What's going on? Any, any other noticeable clues from this body? I believe we have covered everything of interest on the body. A, a watch that's broken at a specific time? We'll get to that. Oh, what? <laughs> are you kidding me? Okay. In fact, let's get to it. We can get to that right now, if you like. Uh, he has a watch that's broken. Someone knocks time. on the shed door. A knockety knockety knock. It's Leone. Why is it Leone? I don't remember oh. what her voice sounds like already. Just be dramatic. <laughs> Excuse me, detectives. Yeah, I think that's right. Oh, detectives, Madame Renault has woken up. Oh, she's she's ready up. to give testimony. The wife is ready. The wife is ready. I, I got to go talk to the wife. Yep. And then I Bex. rush into the house. I knock her down to the I lock, knock Leone down to the ground, and Bex 
as I leave, mm. knife in hand. <laughs> no. Uh, let's get out of here. Let's head to the house. Bex says, he, he puts a hand on your shoulder oh, what, and says. Oh, Bex? Okay, look. Stop, stop obstructing justice. No, no, just, just so you know, this might be a little delicate, uh, but you have a delicate hand. With the ladies I hear, Hastings. Yeah, that's what I... The people who've listened to this show before, you know I have a delicate hand <laughs> with the ladies. Even Hastings introduced himself in this mystery by talk, telling a young girl she wears too much makeup and swears too often. Look, we've been trying to find the son, Jack, so that mm-hmm. he could do the officials of IDing the body and signing off on that because we wanted to spare Madame Renault that. Sure. We're having trouble. The officials are going to be coming to take the body away soon. We're going to need her to do the job, I think. It's oh. going to be really unpleasant. Can you try to, like, get, I don't know, work yeah, her up yeah, to yeah, that? Yeah, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. You have to tell me one thing, though. Please. At this point in time, mm-hmm. at this moment, mm-hmm. does she have any idea her husband is dead? Yes. She's been told. Yes. She knows. Okay, I don't have to that's, break that that's news. That's fine. All right. In that case, sure. I'll get it. <laughs> oh, God. I'll get it. ID the body. Don't yep. worry about it. Okay, you head uh, back I, to the house. No, no, no. Oh, sorry. I pick up the body and, oh, I, head, and I head back into the house. Ha- no, no, I'm not, I'm not a freak. Uh, let's head back to the house. Okay, you head back to the house. Let's head back to the Through house. Through the front door, which you left open. Well, I couldn't see it. I wasn't on the stairs. You see the stairs. You walk up From the stairs. The oh, boy, they creak worse than my chair. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Uh, no wonder Francoise said that she could definitely hear Mr. Renault coming to bed. So they're just like, it's like Nightingale Floor kind of situation. Exactly. It's absurd. For people who don't understand the reference to a Nightingale Floor. That's a book. It's a, it's you can a, read it if you want, I guess. It's ostensibly a thing. It doesn't feel like it's actually a real thing. It feels a bit uh, made up. But if you go to like Himeji Castle in Japan, it's got mm. a Nightingale Floor. And yeah, it's just I the said idea it's of a like, book. It's a lot of books. It's a thing <laughs> where it's like the floor's made intentionally creaky so that if the person's coming to assassinate you, instead of hearing, you hear... Creak, 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 I'm going to kill you now. And you don't like that. You don't want to hear that. Yeah, some definite inspiration going on for that in this film. that's possibly not a real thing. It may have just been that the floor was creaky. And they invented a story to fit the creaky floor. Cool. You enter the bedroom. It is still kind of a mess. Sure. Fair enough. Madame Renault is lying on the bed. She looks kind of pale. She definitely looks like she's just woken up. But she also she has a regality about her. Sure. She looks kind of like a cool little lady. Not even that old, really. Hello, sirs. Uh, I understand that you need me to help you. Yes, Madame Renault. Uh, first of all, my dearest sympathies. <laughs> it must be terrible to have woken to, to all the news and, and, to be, and to have been attacked yes. in the night. Mm. It seems to be the, the least of your problems now. <laughs> it's... it's if you don't mind, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about what happened while it's still fresh in your in your brain. Absolutely. No, yeah, I I can do that. Can you describe to me what happened to you last night? You you were awoken by masked men? Yes, so I went to bed at about 9.30. My husband, around an hour later, I suppose. That fits with my previous testimonies I've gathered. And I was woken by a hand being put over my mouth. I woke up, I tried to scream, obviously. I couldn't. I saw there were two masked men in the room. They both had hats covering up their faces, but they they did have beards. One of them, a big, dark beard. The other, a similarly large, reddish beard. And, but, yes, all wearing black. Very furtive. They bound me. They forced a gag into my mouth. And then they dragged my husband off to the, what do you call it? The clothes, walk-in wardrobe. Fancy word for that. 
and they were, it sounded like they were interrogating him. I didn't catch too many words. They were speaking Spanish, but not Spain Spanish. Ah, from the New World. Mm, Exactly. What I did hear was that they said, where is it? Show us where it is. The secret. The secret? My husband was uncooperative, and that's when they ransacked the room. They looked at things. They grabbed my knife off the bench. Your knife? My, my my, My letter knife. Your paper knife? Mm. And they held it up to him and demanded that he go with them. He told me to not worry and that he'd be back by morning, but I could see he was afraid. And so they left and they went out and then I I, I guess I fainted. I, I don't remember what happens after that. That wouldn't surprise me. I do faint under stressful situations sometimes. Well, you're a woman exactly. in a story from the early 20th century. I don't know the half of it in this one. <laughs> I heard the clock out in the hallway or wherever it is. It struck 2 a.m. Ah, so this is what we were talking about earlier with her testimony fitting the time of death. I think that's all I remember. Interesting. Mm. Now, I turn... Danny, mm-hmm. remove your soul from the body of this person. <laughs> okay. Allow her, her corpse to fall upon she the faints. ground of this place. She faints. Went, oh, wonderful. This is the most made-up story I've ever heard. <laughs> because here's the thing. These two masked men... Ran just like, oh, big bushy beards of black and red. Like, that's ridiculous. You're just describing what masked men would look like, right? Just like, oh, you're just giving me like a hint to follow that's nothing, right? Already a bit ridiculous. But then two people have entered your home, bound you, gagged you. They brought a gag. They brought, like, they were prepared for this. This is not a, a spur of the moment thing. But then when they decided they needed to intimidate your husband, they just go, Oh, they just looked around and and grabbed my knife and used it to, like, why wouldn't they bring their own knife? (laughs) If you've come to a house to to bind and gag someone's wife, grab them and interrogate the person until they give you their secrets, you don't bring a weapon? They have to just, it just happens that they grab a knife that you own that happened to kill your husband. This is the most bald-faced lie of a story I have ever heard. And if any of it is true, if a word of this is true, then I will make a specific apology episode at the end of this mystery for you all to listen to, in which I, I don't know, do something fun. You can vote. Everyone... If you're messaging, if you're sending us an email after this episode, include what I should do as an apology episode if I am wrong, because that is this is nonsense. But I will do whatever you request in an apology episode within reason. But I, but it doesn't matter what you request because I'm not going to be wrong. Okay, you can reanimate the corpse of this woman. Lovely, now. lovely. You can jump into her body and bring us back into the scene. Okay. Now, all of the, have you have you ever had you ever seen these men before? I don't say it like that. I shouldn't think so. And do you have any idea what the secret is that they were asking about? What is your what your husband's secret could be? Honestly, no. I have no idea what they were talking about. Not, none whatsoever. What is your knife made out of? Oh, the knife? Yeah. Ivory? Ivory knife? I just thought I may, yes. as, may as well no, ask. No. I was concerned. Oh, uh, well, no, it's... It's a bit unusual. It was a gift from my son. He was in the Air Force. It's made from the wire of old plane shrapnel. What an oddly specific thing to be in this book. (laughs) Right? Knife, 
was gift from Air Force Sun made of plane wires? What's a plane wire? Yeah, I don't know. Why is this in this book, Agatha? Why have you done this? It was this a couple of years after the war. It would have been weird not to mention the war. Okay. Now, when you say plane wire, do you mean the wire was unadorned? Or do you mean it came from a plane? Don't ask me any more details. I don't know that much about knives. Uh, you mentioned your son. This is your son, uh, 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 Jack? Yes. It's my understanding Jack hasn't been around for the last two weeks. Do you, do you know why he's been absent? Any reason for his absence? Well, of course. My husband sent him to work in Paris. Oh, of, of course, of course. Do you know if there was any um, altercation between your husband and your son before he was sent away? Oh, it's a father and son, probably. I just... I don't know. My mind's not really trying to... No, keep going. My mind's not really in a place to remember things two weeks ago. I... Okay, fair, 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 wonderful. But he's not still in Paris now. Where is he now? Well, my husband sent him off to South America very recently. He would have just yesterday gotten on the boat. He was going off to Buenos Aires and then on to Santiago, I believe. And how do you spell Buenos Aires? <laughs> With a Y. This is a fun thing yeah. if you ever read this book, Buenos Aires. A-Y-R-E-S. Very odd. Like Pundle. Ayers Rock. Uh, and apparently I was, I was Googling this because Danny just mentioned it offhand that it was uh, spelt that way in the book. She didn't give me any other, any other clues. Don't worry. Uh, apparently it's also spelled like that in a couple of Sherlock Holmes stories, and it's really just only in Britain from this time period that it's mm. ever spelled that way. Uh, or if you go back to like 1500s, <laughs> original naming of the place, it's spelled that mm. way. So just yesterday my husband uh, telegrammed him and told him it was, from what I understand, urgent business and he had to go, so he's on his way to South America. How strange. Your husband telegra telegrammed, tele telegraphed, telegrammed? Him. I have telegraphed. Telegraphed him in, in Paris to let him know to, to immediately leave. Mm. This was yesterday. Yes. Wild. I wonder what new stuff is going on. Sent his driver away. Sent his son to Buenos Aires. Spoke with a new lady. Messaged you. Messaged me. The, the, the letter. That, that, you think he sent that yesterday? Is that yes. how fast the post is? Apparently. Really? Okay, that's new. I thought he must have sent us a letter weeks ago. Oh, no, apparently this is just crazy stuff. So something happened. Do you know any reason why he would have sent this to your husband? Did, did anything happen? Did you receive any strange visitors or mail? or was your, Did your husband seem perturbed, wandering around saying, they've discovered it, my secret, my secret is out. She frowns. She goes, yes, you know what? Yes. I... It's subtle. I do think I noticed a change in my husband. Maybe ten days ago. It could have been longer and I just took a while to notice, but... Ten days ago? Yeah. What happened ten days ago? I don't know. But nothing special yesterday? Mm, no, not at all. Ten days ago. When you said the will was two weeks old, did you mean two working weeks old? <laughs> <laughs> With no weekends? So ten days? Madame Renault, uh, your husband changed his will two weeks ago. Were you aware of this? Not at all. Do you have any idea where he may have kept his old will? Uh, I assume that either his secretary would have kept it for records or it would have That's been destroyed. Don't you destroy old records? Yeah, but not if you want to leave cool clues for detectives to find. Yes, I, I really don't know much about this business. Fair. I certainly haven't been thinking about 
the business side of my husband's death. Oh, I'm, of course, of course. I'm so sorry. I just thought maybe, you know, helping us solve some of, of these small puzzles might get your mind off the Oh, yes, that's going to work, death. isn't it? Mrs. Renault, I'm jumping between Madame and Mrs. Yeah, Forgive yeah. me my impertinence. It's all right. I speak English and French. I'm good. Hmm. I don't know whether... Oh, okay, quickly just... Uh, jump out of the corpse. Yeah. Let her fall. Let her fall to the ground. Yeah. Puppet, pu cut the puppet strings for a yeah, second. Good. good. Um, I don't know whether to ask her about, like, whether she knows the guest from last night, whether, you know, Madame Dubroy, like, or whether that's going to be, like, <laughs> a little sensitive. Right? Like, it's, because, like, from a personal, like, if she was a real human being, I would not want to do that to her, right? Bring up her husband's possible affairs right as he's dead but I'm solving a mystery and also she doesn't actually exist she's a puppet <laughs> so maybe I will maybe that's my next can you just uh, restring the marionette of her body and, and let's get back into the questioning sure now madame I, I have a rather sensitive question for you or perhaps it is not sensitive at all and I'm and I'm reading it wrong mm -hmm. do you know anything about your husband's relationship uh, with your with your neighbour madame Dubroy? relationship. Any I, no. any dealings they've had before? Do you know any anything about this? I have they had. You know what? Have they had any dealings? I don't know if they have. Not to my knowledge. I'm just no. I'm just gathering information for people to question in the future and whether or not how connected they are. Do I you know? I understand she is our neighbor. That's you all don't I really have. know. And um do you know any are there any uh younger women dark-haired who may have been visiting the house? We live on the French coast. There are plenty of young, dark-haired girls in the area. Of course, of course. Uh, do you have anyone? Does the name Bella mean anything to you? No. Does the name Devine mean anything to you? No. Does the name Renault mean anything to you? She starts to look like she might be getting a little bit uncomfortable with this line of questioning. Okay. I mean, she, she starts fidgeting a little bit. In fact, she starts like playing with her hands. As she does that, you see, oh boy, you see her wrists. Bound up? I mean, they're not bound up. No, I know, but like the markings of having been bound? Oh boy, something was bound on there tight. They look incredibly sore. Can I find anywhere in the room those bindings? Have they been like cut off and removed? Like uh, yes, Leone cut them off earlier and you can see the remains of them. But there's nothing, they're just a, it's just a rope? Amongst the debris, yes. Okay, interesting. I don't know if they were a rope. I have, whatever is good it is for not, binding. It is, not, it is not interesting enough that there's that it's in your notes, pretty much, no. is what I'm asking, I suppose. Yeah. Um, mm, so she was bound quite tightly. It would be hard to bind yourself that tightly. Definitely. That's an interesting point. Like, I couldn't bind my own wrists so, I mean, maybe I could if I tried really hard, I don't know. But it'd be hard to get that kind of a real tight thing. You think if she was pretending to have been bound and gagged, she would put the binding on mm. and it would be fairly loose so she could still, like, gag herself and all this other stuff. And, uh, and it'd be hard to get it that tight. So that adds some credence to this theory. I'm now worried about what I'm going to have to do in my apology episode. Um, <laughs> can I leave her for a moment? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm just, just, just take a breath, relax for Please. a moment. And can I do a quick scan of the room? Good idea. I want to give a quick room scan. You do, Are there so? beard fibres in the carpet? You don't find too much of interest, despite everything being ransacked. There is a safe, and it looks like maybe, inf and she confirms, oh, yes, it looks like a little bit of money might be gone from there, but that's all we kept in there, nothing fancy. Uh, you notice there is a watch on the floor with its face smashed. <gasps> is this going to make a liar out of Debroy? Wait, not Debroy. 
Renault. You pick up the watch and it says seven o'clock and you frown. And then you hear it faintly ticking. It smashed, but it did not break. Oh. However, right now it is not seven o'clock. It's five o'clock. Now. Now that's wild. I did not realize how many hours had apparently passed in this story so far. Yeah, well, it's it been a long like, time talking. As I reread it doing a timeline, I went, man, so much happens in one day. I did not realize that we were already in the evening. Can I ask Poirot a question? Yeah. Poirot, you're a smarty pants. Yes, yes. You've got all this information that you're going to like. You're going to be like, me, 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 me. Quite. This says seven o'clock. Uh-huh. It is currently five o'clock. Indeed. What is two hours? Now, this is my first question, but don't you worry. I have a second question, everybody. What is two hours ahead of Paris? Oh, what places in the world? Yeah, where are we at? Is that like like Poland? And I would assume probably Eastern, like Eastern Europe? Europe. Now, most of Western Europe... To my knowledge of the current time zones. That's fine. Is all, is all the same time zone. So you would have to go quite far east to get two hours ahead. But uh, yeah, I would assume Eastern Europe somewhere. Wonderful. Different question. Mm-hmm. What is 22 hours behind the UK? Didn't someone move to Tasmania? Quite frankly, 22 hours behind the UK would be probably like more UK almost. That would probably be like... <laughs> that's fair. Maybe there's no way that's... Uh, 22 hours. Okay. You're a good point. They are meantime. They really only go up and down what 12 hours. What you can hours. do, I mean, my immediate thought here was, why are you going? Why 22 hours and two hours? Oh, sorry, not 22. Sorry. AM, AM, PM. I want, I want 10 hours behind. Hmm. So yeah, because there are all sorts of AM, PMs. You can't tell from this watch what it's doing. So you do that. And great. Now you've got a whole bunch of different time zones that could be involved in this. 10 hours behind, is that the right time zone for, like, South America? I didn't actually research to find out for sure, even though that was my immediate I thought as I read the is, book. Because I think South America is, like, minus, mm-hmm. like, Quite five or lot. six hours or something. Oh, really? Not minus 10 hours. I'm going to Google Chile time zone. It is only minus three. Oh, wow. What? Minus three what? GMT minus three. What is wrong with Chile? That doesn't make sense, does it? Where's Chile? What? South America is kind of east of North America. Sure, but that far east? No. I'm going to go for a time Maybe. zone map. No. I'm going to find an image of a time zone map. That's so much further than I thought. Look how close oh it is. Oh my god. Look how close South America is on this time zone map when it loads. Look how far east it is. Yeah, that's only a couple of time zones different. Uh, so, yeah, from England, one, two, three, four, five. We are three to five hours behind England in South America. Wild. The west coast of South America is in the same time zone as the east coast of the US. Isn't that fun? Madness. Florida is further west I've than heard all fun of Colombia. facts like this. All of Colombia <laughs> is, is east of Florida. Sorry, everybody. I know you want to solve mysteries, but we're going to do the mystery of what the globe looks like. You know, Peru is like directly south of Washington, D.C. You know, all of Central America is just, if you go south from any part of Central America, you just do not get Land. to South America, except for maybe Panama. <laughs> we can go south to I should hope Ecuador. Panama. Man, that's wild. Okay, so it doesn't give me a really definite sort of thing. It's kind of a hard thing to place. 
So why is it two hours off? Mm. That's so strange. Unless, oh, wait, hold on. This is so strange. But I have one possible theory, which is that if she is in on it, if she is making this up, right, for some incredibly obscure reason, she's like, I'm going to murder him at midnight. But it but must I want it to be 2 seem like 2 a.m. So I'm going to set my clock two hours forward and then I'm going to break it so it stops ticking. So they'll be like, oh, look at that, it's 2 a.m. But she tried to break it because it is cracked, but it didn't But break. she fainted in the process. And so it's kept on ticking and it didn't, but maybe they wanted it to stop at an hour that was two hours ahead of what it was. This is such mm. a stretch, but I, that's my only explanation for the seven o'clock smashed but not broken watch. It was an attempt to put the time that something happened two hours ahead of when it did happen. Mm. So if I find out that someone who had access to this room has a very specific alibi for midnight, that's going to be big on my list of, of suspects. Mm. This is all I've got, but that's, that's so, that would be so convoluted, but that's all I can think about. That's all I've got from this watch. Or they're from Poland. <laughs> that's it. One of the two. Either a midnight alibi or a pole. I'm looking for one or the other. I don't know if Poland's two hours ahead. It probably isn't. Yeah, it's probably only one. Probably only one. But with daylight savings time. Ah. Uh, okay. Anything else of note in this room? I found the smashed watch. I found a safe. You have found all worth noting. Oh, my gosh. Well, I don't know what else to get from this right now other than to see if she can maybe, – maybe her husband's not dead. Let's go find <laughs> out maybe. Oh, yes. All right. No, hold on. Give me a second. Give me a second. Okay, I think I can do this. I just have to go in and say, yes, that's him. You right? just have to look well. Or no, or no. Or no, thank you. Don't just say yes, because okay. if it's not him, you've got to get real up into his face. Because it could be a, mercen- a person dis- disguised to look like your husband. Oh my god. They, they do that sometimes. They, they kill random doppelgangers and they throw them into, the, into graves in people's houses. Okay. You've got to fight. You've got to get real in there and make sure it's your husband. I don't know if. Okay. 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 Did I say I was going to be sensitive before? No, she's a <laughs> puppet. Don't worry. Let's go. All right. You take her downstairs. Mm-hmm. And Bex is in there waiting, so you don't even have to use the key because he's already waiting in there. Sure. Madame. Oh, voila. And she walks in, takes another deep breath. She steals herself. She goes in. She looks at him. She goes, oh, my God. Oh, my God. It's Paul. Oh, my God. It's Paul. Oh, my God. Yeah. This is... And she faints. We'll never know if that's her husband. <laughs> Could just be a man named Paul. What does the P in P.T. Bar- Barnum stand for? <laughs> Solve This Murder is created by Bill Sunderland and Danny Siller as part of the Consume This Media network. To find out more about all of our shows, you can head to consumethismedia.com. A special thank you to Jared, Devon and Witt from the podcast Advanced Sagebrush and Shootouts for creating our theme music... And thanks to all of you for listening.